It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Kruger, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. This week's episode, Harp, and not the kind that angels play, the one in Alaska. All right, before we get started on Harp, though, I'd like to talk a little bit about crazy current events that I've been seeing in the news, because they're crazy and fun. Agents, you guys, I'm sure, have seen the uh, shenanigans <laughs> going on with Robin Hood and all the stock stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. It's kind of a strange situation. What you have happening is basically, uh, I, from what I gather, meme-based investing. It's really strange. Nobody's doing any sort of you know, research or uh, you know, crunching numbers and doing fundamental analysis or anything. They're just kind of going... Yeah, let's do it, man. Stick it to the man. You know, screw these hedge funds. Basically, what's going on is somebody noticed that GameStop stock had over 100% shares outstanding as uh, sold short. So first, uh, to kind of explain the situation, how that works, most people, not about most, but some people may not be aware of what short selling actually is. So the way it works is you borrow a share of stock from whatever exchange you're on. And then you sell that stock on the market. So let's say I borrow one share for $10 and then I turn around and I sell that share on the open market for $10. Now, eventually I have to give that share back. So if the share goes down to $5, then I sell it back for $5 and return it to the, to uh, whoever I borrowed it from. And I get to keep the $5 in difference. See, cause you sold it for $10 then you bought it back for $5. So you get to keep the difference. That's how short selling works. The idea is if a company is in trouble and it's, you know, you know, the price is going to go down or you think it's going to go down. It's a pretty, pretty easy way to make money on failing companies. Right. And this is very, very common. Pretty much every company you find is going to have some short stock outstanding. Uh, if not anything else, then some people like, or institutions will hedge other positions so they'll sell short stocks to kind of cover their asses in case something happens like it goes down. Now, what's happening with GameStop is that they had more shares, uh, more shares sold short than actually existed in the company. I think it was about 110% short interest or something like that. So when they started buying up all the shares on, on Reddit or whatever, the, uh, the hedge funds who have all these outstanding short positions they can't actually buy back the shares to turn them back into where they owe them. So this is causing what's called a short squeeze where they're desperately trying to buy back stock to coke, to close out their positions. And it causes the price of the stock to shoot up to the moon, as they may say. And it causes the price to go much, much higher than it probably should. And that's in a nutshell what's happening. But there's also like, usually with investing, People generally, all they care about is making money one way or another, but there's like this social aspect to it where I've been looking at a lot of media, social media posts and everybody's saying, I don't care if I lose my money on this. I just, as long as the hedge funds get screwed, I'm happy. So for them, a lot of people, at least what they're saying online, 
they're saying that it's not an investment so much as it is a way of, you know, sticking it to the man. But the really interesting thing is a lot of people are also posting that they've made so much money on this. Uh, just to give you an idea of the numbers, at some point last year, I think GameStop was all the way down to $4 a share. People put in a couple thousand back then, and now GameStop is, I don't know, $350, $400 a share or something. So off of a few thousand dollars or heck, even $500, they made a crap load of money. So you're, you're getting a lot of people making a crap load of money and they're paying off student loans. They're paying off their houses, cars, whatever. It's pretty, pretty exciting times. Even sitting from the sidelines, I'm actually really enjoying watching this happen. And the, the beautiful thing of it is there's people out there like you and me, just nobodies who have made millions off of this. And all that money, those millions, that came from the hedge funds. The hedge funds are getting screwed right now. And man, is that satisfying. <laughs> but it gets even more <laughs> yeah. interesting because the uh, the Robinhood exchange, it's a, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody knows what it is. I don't have to explain it. Uh, they actually did some shady things. Like they stopped people from trading uh, AMC and, and um, GameStop stock. AMC is another one that they're going after so that they couldn't buy more basically to give the hedge funds a chance to try to cover their positions, right? So they're, they're sort of giving preferential treatment to the large institutional investors. And when you look into it, Robinhood is actually uh, funded or owned by one of the big banks. What is it? Citadel, I think. I forget which one. But they're, they're actually, they're not Robin Hood at all. They're actually just another one of the big players in the game. They're just, it's just all marketing, essentially. So they're giving preferential mm -hmm. treatment. Mm -hmm. they're, they're doing that. Not only are they doing that, though, people are posting that they had their shares liquidated without giving permission. So they own stock and Robin Hood just started selling those shares without asking those people, allegedly. I, I mean, I, I don't want to say for sure this is happening, so I don't want to get sued. But it's, it's just so crazy what's going on right now. I mean, there's a lot, there's, well, I, I've, I've heard that, that, that claim from a couple different sources, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different people talking about this all, all over social media, all, you know, different platforms, whether it be on YouTube or Twitch or wherever the hell people are consuming media, you know, like, you know, like podcasting and stuff. And um, I've heard that story, you know, it's, it's pretty common and, and, that's some that's some pretty uh, downright dirty shit right there, if you ask me. Because you spent your, what, I mean, however you got the money, whether it be hard earned or not, you spent your money on that, and you didn't click that button or make that decision to sell that stock, and they just like they're, it's like a knee jerk uh, response, you know what I mean? That, that that's that they're doing, you know, they're they're doing everything they can to put the brakes on this situation, right? You know what I mean? And, and uh, it's, it's, it really kind of, uh, it tells you where the priorities lie, you know, when it comes to the people who are making those decisions, you know. One thing that kind of worries me about this situation is how is the establishment going to react to this? You know what I mean? Are, are they going to use this as an excuse in order to implement, you know, something that, that takes rights away from us as, as you know, uh, takes away some, some ability in the stock market for, you know, your average individual uh, to make money? You know what I mean? It's already, it's already slanted towards people who, who have, you know, a, a large amount of money, you know? So, I mean, if, if you have a, a, a shit ton of money to invest where well, you have access to different things than your average individual that only has maybe, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars or something. Yeah. Right? And to, to me, it really kind of illustrates just how much fucking money these fucking bankers have. 
that they just basically they're just hitting up one hedge fund and it's making all these just thousands of people rich just from one hedge fund. Well, rich by their standards, you know, by average people's standards, allowing them to pay off debt and stuff. Just how much money has been concentrated at the top and how how little resources the average person has nowadays compared to what they used to. It's just, I don't know. Hopefully there this brings on some meaningful change. But I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction here on what actually happens in the future for this. Because technically speaking, I think you could make a really strong case that what's going on right now is actually stop stock manipulation from the people on Reddit. So it's actually illegal to collude with other people to try to drive the price of a stock in one direction or another. So the people on Reddit, I think they're technically doing something illegal. I'm not a lawyer, but it looks that way to me. However, there's like, I was looking earlier on Reddit and there's something like 4 million registered users. And at that time, it was like 6 or 7 p.m. or something. There was something like 500,000 people active at that time. There are so many people involved. The SEC can't possibly prosecute all of them. And most of them are doing small, like 50 bucks here, 50 bucks there. So it wouldn't make any sense. And you're not going to, you're not going to throw the book at somebody for like a $10 financial crime. It just doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. So what I think they're going to do is they're going to do what they've already been doing in other areas. So they already have like these things called dark pools where a lot of stock and asset transactions happen outside of publicly available data and publicly available markets. And there's, there's a lot of different reasons why they do that. Not all of them are nefarious, which I won't, I won't go into these in too much detail. It's something that genuinely deserves its own episode. But what I think is they're going to start doing institutional short selling outside of the regular markets. They're going to pass a rule that says you can do this in a dark pool or a dark market that people don't have access to so that people will no longer be able to tell how many short, how much short interest is outstanding on a company. The problem with this is, is that if they do this, it will allow hedge funds to short sell the crap out of a company and drive the stock price into the ground. And the average investor won't have any warning that what's about to hit them. They'll just be screwed. So that's what I think is going to happen is they're going to do short selling in dark pools now. But um, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It's wild times and it's kind of exciting to see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Brace for impact, right? Yeah, exactly. I I might I might buy a share of AMC myself. Why not, right? If uh if I can contribute in a small part, hey, put 10 20 bucks towards there to uh help screw some hedge funds over. Why the heck not, dude? I'm in. <laughs> Allegedly, not really. Hey, mate, strike while the iron is hot. I don't want to do anything illegal SEC, so I didn't I'm not actually going to do that. <laughs> to the moon, baby. To the moon. Yeah. Oh shit. All right, let's get to it, boys. HARP, which stands Harp. for High Frequency Active Oral Research Program. Auroral, actually. Auror, not oral. Auroral. Hot damn HARP. Oral. Oral. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> slip of a tongue. Slip of the tongue on that one, right? But. I could show you a slip of the tongue. I don't know why the F is not in that acronym or whatever, but whatever. I guess HARP sounds better than HRAP. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I would agree with that. Yeah. So I looked up a little bit of the particulars on this just to kind of get a more of a feel because I've seen the conspiracies, but I don't really know what it's actually supposed to be for. So I kind of looked it up. It's located in Alaska, north of Gakona, 
I guess. It's like a probably a smaller area, more rural, I imagine. And it was designed to research the ionosphere. So the ionosphere is up there pretty close to space. Um, we live in the troposphere, and that goes up to about 12 kilometers. And then from 12 to 45 kilometers is the stratosphere. 45 to 85 is the mesosphere. And the, uh, the ionos- ionosphere is from, it overlaps a couple of other ones. It's from 48 to 965 kilometers. And it overlaps with the mesosphere, exosphere, and thermosphere. So just to kind of orient ourselves as to what we're experimenting with here, that's what this thing is designed to sort of do. It's to mess with the ionosphere. And they designed it because the ionosphere is incredibly difficult to research. You can only get a little bit of data. Balloons don't go up that high because it's basically, you know, almost practically outer space. So you can't get like weather balloons. Yeah, atmosphere is too thin. Yeah. And satellites can't go there because it's, you know, it's too low for the satellites, I guess. So they, they kind of need needed something to really investigate that area. It's a very important part. It's involved a lot with like um, radio waves. They, they bounce around there, I guess. And that's one of the ways they can get over horizon radio transmission is by bouncing the radio waves off the ionosphere. So it's very important that they know a lot about it. And it, they call, they call it the ionosphere because it's ionized by solar radiation and I won't get into the, the chemistry of that because I don't really know it. So you can go ahead and Google ionization yourself. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you guys looked into any of, any of the particulars, um, but supposedly. I, I, I looked into some of the history and stuff of like the, uh, who was involved in like, you know, in, in the funding of yeah. it. And, you know, obviously when it was built and all that good stuff. And, you know, then the conspiracy theories uh, surrounding it. But. You want to talk a little bit about the. Funding, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the history and the funding. So, from from what from what I understand, um, it was originally presented in 1990, but uh, the construction of the facility wasn't actually uh, begin until 1993. Uh, yes, I I believe it was finished in 1993. Uh, the initial construction. Oh, was it? And I read that they used an already existing building, so some of the construction was already done, and the. The array was actually finished uh, finally in 2007 from, from my research. Well, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's so to me, one of the very interesting things about this, like, like uh, the, all the entities involved with the construction and the, the, the development of, of the site um, doesn't necessarily speak towards, you know, scientific research to me, just because of the people who are involved or the, you know, the, the groups that are involved, I guess would be a better term. But, um, you know, uh, one of the main companies that was involved in, uh, you know, designing this, uh, this, uh, facility and some of the, you know, the main, um, uh, ut- utensils, uh, you know, uh, systems, I guess, because it wasn't just like one, one system, one, you know, utensil that they were using, or I'm sorry, one tool that they were using. Um, there, there was a, <laughs> I know I keep on mixing up those damn words, but, um, so anyways, uh, one of the main companies that was involved in the development of this facility was, uh, BAE systems, advanced technologies. And, um, they're a they're a, uh, a company out of, uh, out of, uh, England and, um, they're a, uh, multinational arms security and aerospace company. So, you know, that along with, you know, you know, it's jointly funded by the United States Air Force, the U.S. Navy, 
um, and also DARPA, you know, the def- the Defense Advanced Research Pro- uh, Projects uh, Agency. You know, so w- when you have uh, all those different entities together, I, why would you have that group of uh, folks, as it were, um, get together and, and, and design something like this? To, to me, it doesn't, maybe it just, you know, goes right over my head, but why would they be designing this? I don't know what, what you know. I'm sure there's there's plenty of reasons, but why would this group be getting together? Yeah, I, I, and, and the reason why I say that obviously is because there are some conspiracy theories that I kind of lean towards. You know what I mean? And give a little bit of credit, but we'll get into that. Oh yeah, DARPA. That's the one that kind of caught my attention more than anything because they they are that's the research arm of the Department of Defense. And they're all about finding new and nasty ways of killing people. That's that's their game. So when I saw, you know, when I was yeah, they've been involved in some some crazy shit. Yeah, when I, when I saw that, I was like, hmm, maybe there is something to some of this. I don't know. I don't know. A lot, a lot of the uh, conspiracy theories surrounding Harp, in particular, have to do with weather weather modification. Yeah, right. And um. You know, I, I actually, on the website itself for, for HARP, um, you can go on it right now and it'll tell you that, you know, one of the uh, things that, that um, the main the main um, thing that, that HARP does is it, it excites the ionosphere. I'm not sure exactly what that means by excites. It. I've, I've heard it described as, as it kind of expands it a little bit because of, you know, um, excited molecules and it, like they become, you know, heated and so they expand. Um, I don't know exactly what that does. I know that's definitely not like, like, a like cloud seeding, which I know that's a definitely, a definitely like a real type of weather modification you could talk about, you know what I mean? But that's not what, that's not what this is. Obviously. The air definitely yeah. gets, uh, it starts rushing, doesn't it? And it starts, uh, uh, like when it's heated up. So, I mean, it definitely starts something starts happening. There was also a brief moment where there was this, uh, one, a scientist uh, talking about how they're also studying how lasers that they shoot up uh, can conduct the lightning that's within that cloud, if that makes sense. So it's just a whole other, like, what the hell are they able to do that we don't know? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, let's quite a bit, I'm let's sure. Let's talk a little bit about the actual, like, the power of the thing. Because um, I don't think we mentioned that yet. So the. It's a no, mess. No. Yeah, it has 180 antennas that work together and they're arranged in a 12 by 15 grid over 40 acres of land, which is pretty significant for an antenna. This is not a small installation. They they brought or they can um, send out uh, radio waves and whatnots over uh, 2.8 to 10 megahertz. And the the energy that they can achieve with this is what really uh, surprised me. They can achieve 5.1 gigawatts maximum power. And I, I don't know what they used in Back to the Future, but I, I don't think it was 5.1, was it? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly... 5.1 gigawatts! Yeah, as soon as you said that, Marty! <laughs> <laughs> Great Scott! <laughs> I love that movie. But uh, uh, one uh, gigawatt is equal to a billion watts just to get our, our um, nomenclature lined up here, I guess. And to put that into perspective, the largest nuclear power plant in the United States produces four gigawatts of power. 
and the largest in the world is eight gigawatts of power. Now I'm not sure that that lines up exactly. Like I don't, I, that might be apples to oranges, what we're talking about there. I'm not sure if it's exactly the same, but uh, to compare it to radio stations, the, the most powerful radios, it's uh harp is over a hundred times more powerful than the most powerful radio station in the United States, just to put it into perspective. It's really, really powerful, the amount of energy it can push out. And oh, I don't think we mentioned earlier, I have in my notes, one thing I think it's important to mention just to, just to kind of give an idea of what went into this is they spent about $250 million I, sa- I, I found to build and fund this. So it was a pretty sizable project. And one thing that kind of surprised me is when they shut, they shut it down in 2015 and they just transferred the ownership over to the University of Alaska in Fairbanks, which was one of the partners in the deal, I guess. And I, I, when I read that, I thought, well, where's my $250 million facility that you're just going to go ahead and give me? Like, why do you, why do they get it? I want, I want a $250 million <laughs> government facility. If you're just giving them away, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. That's taxpayer I- money's right there. I'll take that or like a uh, a very, you know, well-kept, uh, decommissioned uh, nuclear silo. Yeah. Or a nuclear submarine with a nuclear silo. Nice. Oh, you win, sir. Well met. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. But you have to know how to pilot, pilot that motherfucker, though. Yeah. So the, the official uses of, of um, HARP, they said that they were using it to research ways of communicating, you know, with radio waves and stuff. Uh, various types of navigation, uh, you know, GPS, and get this, they can actually use it to map minerals under the ground, and they can also map, like, subterranean, like, caves or maybe some bases or something. Like, if you have a, a bunker, they could use it to kind of detect the where the bunker is under the ground. I don't know the science behind that, like, how it actually works, bouncing stuff off the ionosphere, but uh, that it's apparently a real thing. They can bounce this radio waves off the ionosphere and use that to detect stuff under the ground, like on the other side of the continent or something. It's kind of weird. Yeah. That goes to like a hand radio, basically like all those, yeah, right. those OGs. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's pretty damn nuts, man. They, they can use this harp thing to generate a couple of different types of stuffs. So they can use it to generate uh, VLF, which VLF and ELF, which are really, really low frequencies they're normally very difficult to generate because the the wavelengths for ELF, for example, can be up to 10,000 kilometers. So that's how big the actual wave is. And you need a like a, you would normally need an antenna to generate something that big. You would need an antenna. I don't know if it'd have to be 10,000, but it'd have to be pretty dang big. Um, and some hobbyists will actually use like metal fences, uh, defunct railroad tracks and stuff like that, like really, really big pieces of metal to pick up ELF uh, frequencies. But uh, generating them is difficult, but I guess somehow Harp is able to generate them by bouncing this stuff off the ionosphere. I don't really know how that works because I'm a dummy, but, you know, it, that's that's what the internet told me, so I believe it. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not going to claim to understand any of that crap. I mean, I wish, I wish it does, but I wish it does. I wish I did, but yeah, it's just, yeah, right over my head, man. One interesting stuff about the frequencies. I read that ELF can induce electric fields and currents in the body. And some people that they've tested this on, it's caused them nerve and muscle stimulations, tinglings, and even pain. 
So I wanted to throw that out there that this can actually generate stuff that we know for a fact, this is not a conspiracy theory, but this definitely can affect people. Whether or not they've used it for that, that's where we get into the conspiracies. That's another matter entirely. But another thing to illustrate just how darn powerful Harp is, they actually used it in an experiment to bounce radio waves off the moon called the Lunar Echo Experiment. So this thing is like a radio cannon, I guess, bouncing stuff all the way off the moon. Maybe it doesn't take that much power. I don't know. But that sounds pretty impressive to me. But Hell yeah. They can actually use HARP to make plasma clouds in the, uh, in the upper atmosphere, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, so you guys, do you guys want to talk about uh, any of the many, many conspiracies uh, sur- surrounding this thing? I mean, it's hard to just pick one. I've always heard uh, growing up, going through high school and going into college about HARP and how it, you know, some people have felt like they've been, in, some decisions have been induced in, you know, all these wacky scenarios. Um, hell, half the school shootings and all the scenarios we've experienced could have been induced by HARP. I don't know. I, I'm kind of leaning on the, the fence of, like, I think it is being used as a you know, a giant antenna project and, you know, it, it's a, I don't want to say a waste of money, but just, you could definitely make the argument it's a waste of money, but <laughs> I, I don't know, but <laughs> that lunar project, huh? that lunar echo, what was that whole for? Would did, did they ever, what was the, just to see if we could do it? I actually don't know. I didn't have time to read the paper. <laughs> I found it though. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah, you did. It's all science nice. and stuff. I don't know. When it comes down to the like what I was trying to say about that Hurricane Dorian. Yeah. Uh when that that was coming towards the millionaire beaches in Florida and whatnot, it just took an abrupt stop. It just hit the brakes hard. It was a cat five hurricane screaming towards Florida. And then it just stops. The winds just stop. So like when I see that and there's other harp stations other than Alaska, so um, it's definitely I I don't know I don't know where to really put my finger on this one. I mean that would be that'd be pretty cool if they could do that. There's there are conspiracies. A lot of people think that this can modify weather and it can cause floods, hurricanes, droughts, earthquakes, fires, or or whatever. And I believe it's uh, the hurricane you're talking about. There are witnesses who said that they saw some glowing in the sky or, you know, the upper atmosphere when that happened. If those witnesses are to be taken, you know, at, you know, face value, maybe it was something like that because harp definitely can cause glowing. They can measure glowing. You know, it basically sort of... Who knows what the real capability of it is. Yeah. Well, when, when you're messing with the ionosphere and then you're going to create a pocket of hot air, I mean, in, there is a mix of hot and cold air going on in clouds. And then when the lightning is, you know, hitting that, maybe the flashes of light, like I remember when this, this case was brought to my eyes back when I was way back in the day. And it was just, you know, you're just taking it at face value, but... Uh, every now and then, you just like we would hear about harp being used, but you, the telltale signs of it being used is the flashes in the distance, like a flash of lightning for a quick second. Um, there was a moment I've personally experienced in my past where I was in a car 
uh, over in a, just like a little hangout spot like a bunch of high school kids would go to. This was in 2015, and we were just hanging on the side of a hill, and it overlooked the back bay, and it, it's a, so it's a big, grandiose, you know, we got a great view ahead of us, and there's clouds in the distance. Uh, all of a sudden, just three flashes of light that caught our attention that hit a, a outside the coast that jerked our heads to the right. We saw another flash to the left. We all looked left, and then another one in the center, and we all went back to looking in the center. And there was people we didn't even know that got out of their cars, old ladies that were like, what was that? Did you guys see that too? And it was the It was most- ball lightning. It was the craziest thing. It was it was something. And I could definitely see like a little pocket of, you know, like a terminator sphere of like, you know, electricity forming around like, you know, when Arnold's about to step through nude, but uh in this this version it's a pocket of, you know, hot air that starts getting, you know, it could cause like a little spark here and there and hence that flash we see that could be associated with its use. The, there was one thing I wanted to kind of talk about, but it's actually a uh, a little side note on history, um, some supporting history. If uh, people want to be so inclined to think that this could be used for nefarious uh, means, so um, during the Vietnam War, there was actually a uh, operation um, that lasted for for uh, quite some time. It was I think it was from sixty seven nineteen sixty seven to nineteen uh, seventy two, and. Um, yeah, most people know it as uh, Operation Popeye. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it or not. Yeah, but it yuck, was yuck. a uh, it was a cloud seeding operation. <laughs> yeah, so so anyways, it was it was a cloud seeding operation carried out by the uh, the United States Air Force, and um, what they're basically doing was they were trying to make the area um, of like the Ho Chi Minh Trail and a lot of the areas that they thought that you know um, you know uh, troops were were uh, you know, uh, traveling with supplies or just traveling here and there, the, the main trails and stuff like, you know, that they're using, they're trying to basically flood them out and, um, make things more difficult, you know, obviously. So, um, yeah, they, they, they use cloud seeding to, uh, to try to make the rains sustained and heavier as well. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's backfired a a little bit, didn't it though? It, it kind of, it bogged our operations down a little bit. Well, it, uh, so the reason why it was stopped w- was because um, there there was a uh, a major like a, a news article that was published about it, and um, it, you know the the public reacted very negatively about it, and um, you know you know they they were kind of appalled that like you know that you know first of all most people don't even realize that we could do this you know what I mean like oh uh, weather manipulation okay cool story dude you know what I mean. This guy's fucking nuts. You know, most people don't even know that cloud seeding is even a thing, you know? And, um, well, I don't know about most, but quite a few people, you know, that's probably, uh, um, probably the, quite the presumption. But so, yeah, even, even back then, um, this is a, uh, you know, a, a relatively well established thing that has been used already for quite some time, you know? It, it's used today. It's still used in those, yeah. those lands. I mean, I, I was yeah. in Thailand not too long ago and there was a, uh, a group that needed to like induce rains in certain parts of the lands to, uh, you know, get moisture to the crops. And it completely makes sense. It's like, yeah, if we can use this stuff for good, Hey, I'm all for it. You know, I just, when we get into the, the realm of taking people's food away from 
somebody. Yeah, I, I guess I am well, on that side of the fence. Cloud seeding is used all over the damn place. It's, it's used in Wyoming. Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's, it's used, you know, across the United States. It's used uh, heavily in the Middle East, you know, and, and it's been used for, you know, uh, quite a few decades, you know. So it's nothing, it's nothing new, you know, this, this, even just the idea of weather manipulation is nothing new, you know, but yeah. So, um, you know, operation Popeye, I think is a, uh, you know, a good example of, of something like that. That's already, you know, been proven to be used as a weapon, you know? So, you know, if, if, uh, harp had the ability to be used as a weapon in some way, I have no doubt in my mind that it's at least been, you know, theorized, <laughs> you know, hypothesized. Uh, but I wouldn't doubt at all if it's been, you know, used at the very least in experiments to see if it was, you know, some kind of a viable weapon wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. It, I was reading one of the skeptical explanations talking about weather control and the quote was something like weather systems have so much energy, harp wouldn't have enough energy to really change it. And they use the example of a lightning strike has more energy, one lightning strike has more energy than harp, and there's a bunch of lightning strikes every second all over the planet or something. So it's a drop in the bucket is what they're saying. But my thought on that was that, okay, well, if you're going to redirect a lightning strike, you're not going to work against it. You're going to use a lightning rod to direct it. So you don't need to deal with all the energy in the lightning strike. You just need to guide it somewhere. So what if they can create these plasma clouds Instead of, of like using enough energy to, you know, affect it using energy, they just kind of nudge it in the right direction they want it to go, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's a couple of other conspiracies that have been sort of tied to HARP. One of them that I saw was, I guess, people think that they used HARP to down TWA Flight 800, which I'm sure, you know, all our listeners are familiar with. Have you, you guys oh, hear yeah. anything about this one? Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. yeah. Now, from what I gather, Harp could actually down an airplane because it could uh, mess with its all its avionics and stuff, and it wouldn't be able to navigate. And it could potentially cause system failures on the airplane, and so it theoretically it looks like it could actually cause a plane to crash. But where I have trouble with this one is I couldn't find any sort of direct evidence that it actually was used in that case. I mean, maybe it was on around the time that was on, you know, TWA flight 800 crashed, but there doesn't seem to be any proof. It's just sort of circumstantial, like, well, it could be used for this. So therefore it was, I don't know if you guys found anything more substantial than that. Nah. Yeah, I didn't either. To me, it sounded like a theory that was kind of just thrown out there. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible, you know, just like what you said, but I, I I saw nothing to prove it, you know, unfortunately. Well, fortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, what would the motive be? I don't know why. I guess. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, we talked about this before. There, something the cargo manifest didn't add up. So who knows? It could be, could be any number of things. But it's an interesting idea, though. So one, another, <laughs> another one that I read, this is, this one's kind of good, is that Harp could possibly flip the Earth's magnetic pole. So it could um, make north, south, and south, north. I, I don't know. I mean, you know. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I don't know what to make of that one. I mean, I doubt it. Sorry. We'll put it back tomorrow. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Yeah, wrong button. 
So another one I saw, some people claim that this caused Gulf War Syndrome somehow. And it's it's an interesting idea because, like I mentioned earlier, the frequencies that harp can generate can actually interact with your body and cause neurological changes and, you know, stimulate your central nervous system and stuff like that. But once again, it was another case where I couldn't find any specific evidence. It's just sort of one of these, well, maybe it caused Gulf War Syndrome kind of a thing, you know? There's one I found, actually, China is making a similar, I don't know if it's already up and running, but they're installing something similar to Harp on one of the islands over there. It's maybe not as strong, but people are saying that it's not actually going to be used as a scientific research station. The main purpose of it is to disrupt satellites. So you could actually use Harp to shoot down satellites, apparently. And again, I'm not sure about the science really? behind it, but if DARPA is involved, uh, that seems like the most likely thing of everything I read. Probably that would be the most likely explanation for as to why they'd spend a ton of money on this thing and what they would be using it for. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there were, um, if they were using it as a weapon, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's one, another one that's one of the more forefront theories is the mind control aspect. They think you can use it somehow to control minds. Oh. I guess you blast a bunch of people with, uh, with harp, you know, reflected off the ionosphere there and you can somehow control their minds. Maybe that has to work in tandem with like a vaccine or something. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Don't tell them. Don't Wait tell minute, them man. that. What? Come on. <laughs> Man, I ain't, I ain't taking that vaccine not once, not never now. Yeah. So did you guys read up at all about the um, the mobile-based radar? It's uh, ocean-based called the X-band radar or the uh, the sea-based X-band radar, radar or the SBX-1. Have you guys seen this one? No, I didn't. Huh. Kind of looks like an oil rig with like a big giant balloon on top of it. And this thing is huge. It's like 381 feet long and it's like 279 feet high and it can, the water line, it can go about a hundred feet under the water, like the part of it that goes under the water. I forget what that's called. And the radar antenna on this thing has, is four, 4,130 square feet of surface area. So it's like, it's a substantial looking like oil rig with like a thing on top. It's, it's huge. They spent apparently $900 million on this thing, and it's said that its radar capabilities are so powerful that it could track a baseball over San Francisco from Chesapeake Bay in Virginia about 3,000 miles away. What? Yeah. We need to track that damn ball across the Chesapeake Bay. I want to see I want to see that baby cruise. Yeah, the, the Giants or whoever over here, man, they're knocking them out of the park, right? <laughs> That's mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. But a lot of people think that this is a, uh, a, a version of Harp that's mobile because the problem with Harp, obviously, is it's stuck in one place. So if your target is, you know, on the other side of the planet, it might not be so easy to reach. But if you had a mobile, tar a mobile platform like this, then you could target anything on the planet if you just moved it to the right place. So it's, it's an interesting little theory. But unfortunately, this is like a military device. So any information about it is sort of hard to find. You can find basic stuff, but if they're up to shenanigans with it, they're definitely not telling us. That's for dang sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of 
One of the uh, most interesting things I saw on Harp was actually, you guys know who uh, Jesse the Body Ventura is? Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. of course. Yeah, he did an episode on his show of Conspiracy Theory uh, where, where he talks about Harp. It, I don't know if you guys saw that one. I did not. Um, no, I don't I don't think uh, I did, but I can imagine how it went. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, <laughs> one of the reasons why there's so many conspiracies around Harp is that when it was run by the military, they didn't let anybody on there to look around. So, of course, people think that they're up to no good because everything's under wraps, right? So Jesse Ventura, he calls him up and he says, can I come in and have a look around and have a tour? And of course they say no, because that's ridiculous. So he takes a helicopter and flies up to Harp and he gets up there. He walks up to the front gate with his camera crew and he's asking him all these questions. Well, could I get in if I was part of the media, you know, and like that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the guy's like saying, no, you couldn't. And he goes, well, that makes me angry and you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm like, dude. Dude, this ain't pro wrestling, buddy. This is <laughs> this is like a facility, man. What are you what are you doing here? <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a pretty entertaining episode, even if um, even if it got a little ridiculous in some parts. Hey, I would like to get beat up by him and tell everybody at the bar later. Yeah, so Jesse just came at me, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to do what I had to do. I had to drop him though. <laughs> he got me with his body breaker. Oh yeah. I can't believe that guy was governor. I know, right? He's the class of 2004 Hall of Fame body. But he is uh, he is a very entertaining individual, though. He is, yeah. That might be why he got elected in the first place. Dwayne Johnson might be next. Hey, I'll vote for him. What the heck? Why not? Why not? Hey, I'm voting for Arnold. Yeah. Again, why not? Yeah, when he runs for president, right? That's that's what I'm waiting for. I was going to add on the president, and then I was, like, moving my chair forward. I was losing it. Um, yeah, I most definitely will vote for Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, the the downside to that, though, is he's not a pro wrestler, so he doesn't have any special moves or anything. He just, he just lifts a lot of weights. And smokes a lot of cigars. Apparently, yeah. That could be a special move. I mean, it was for Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh, got him. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Yeah. Well, yeah, so there's a lot of conspiracies on this one. There, there's a, just a ton of them. But I couldn't find any, like, real evidence behind them. It's all just sort of, you know, just sort of circumstantial or just kind of, well, I guess it could probably cause a hurricane or, you know, whatever. Like, it doesn't seem to be anything substantial behind any of these conspiracies. It's all just sort of stories, you know, fun stories. Some of them, some of them not. Yeah. But with, yeah, without any sort of actual evidence, it's hard to really prove any of this stuff. So, I mean, that's pretty much all I kind of have on this one. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm kind of right there along, along with you. Um, I, I definitely believe full heartedly that it's been at least explored at the very least to see if this thing could be used as a weapon and, if it could and effectively, then I have no doubt that they would, you know, if, if uh, the right situation or reason would arise. But I have nothing to prove that, you know, I've, you know, no solid evidence. Evidence. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much <laughs> my opinion is pretty much right there. Uh, the same as yours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're definitely they were using it for something military, whether that was just to improve GPS devices or to actually like set people on fire across the globe, I don't know. 
but they were up to something, damn it. And I want to know what it is. <laughs> Crappy Jesse Ventura impression there for you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, they were up to some very uh, nefarious over there, you know. Um, <laughs> and I, I'd be willing to bet that they were uh, expanding the ionosphere uh, to make sure that they uh, press uh, moisture from one area to the other, you know. Um, and what they were doing was uh, controlling and manipulating weather, you know what I mean, is what they were doing, don't you know. Um, so, you know, they, they would take moisture away from people that they, they really need it. You know, using it as a weapon. Don't you know? <laughs> I do know. <laughs> there is no like smoking barrel evidence that says, hey, this is why it's bad. Um, I haven't, I, I said it earlier, it's, it's hard to put a finger on the whole thing. I would like to believe that it, it could do more good than bad. Um, and I, I certainly hope not that there is it, those instances of uh, bad cases are true. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can really help us out by giving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you.